Today, as we celebrate Mother's Day, I want us to focus our attention on a woman from the Old Testament. Elisha had passed by her house on a number of occasions. She concluded that he was a man of God. And she said to her husband, why don't we build a room for him? Put a table, bed, and chair in it so when he comes by, he can rest here. Her husband agreed. They did so. And so when Elisha would come by, he would stop and stay in the room provided for him. After a while, Elisha wanted to express his appreciation to the woman for her kindness. And so he asked his servant, what can I do for her? And he said, she is without child. Her husband is old. She would like to have a child. So Elisha prayed. She had a child. And then in time, the child died. That brings us to our text today in 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse number 18. When the child was grown, the day came that he went out to his father for the reapers. And he said to his father, My head, my head. And he said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her lap until noon and then died. And she went up and laid on him, on the, laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and return. And he said, Why would you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It will be well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slow down the pace for me unless I tell you. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came about when the man of God saw her at a distance that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Now, our focus today is going to be in verse number 26, because there we see the three roles of a woman. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? We begin with the first role, which is that of a woman. I believe oftentimes a woman has a tendency to lose sight of self. And as time goes by, she understands herself as being the wife of so-and-so or the mother of so-and-so. But ladies, before you were a wife or a mother, you were a woman. You were a person. You were an individual. So I believe it is important that, first of all, you take care of yourself, because if you take care of yourself, then you will be able to fulfill your other roles from a position of strength rather than from a position of weakness. Now, you are a physical being. That means that you are to take care of your physical needs. There is to be exercise. I go over to our Family Life Center, see these women over there jumping up and down. They're on the treadmill. They're riding bicycles. They're running. They're jogging. They're doing all these things, getting in shape. That's good. You should do that. And uh, there was a little boy who came home from school, and, and uh, he had a black eye. His father was aggravated at him that he'd gotten into a fight. And when he found out that it was a little girl who had punched him in the eye and blacked his eye, he was teasing his son. He said, son, I cannot believe that a mere girl did that to you. And he said, dad, they're not as mere as they used to be. 
Well, they are not. They are getting in, they are getting in shape. So, you need the exercise, and then you need to rest. You need to make sure that you get adequate rest. A mother was telling her four-year-old son that uh, he was going to have a baby brother, and she said, now, when he gets here, you're going to be able to help. You'll be able to hold the bottle. You can push the carriage. You can do this and you can do that. He listened to her and he said, but, Mom, what are you going to be doing while I'm doing all the work? Sometimes we have that attitude about it. woman went to the doctor and she was exhausted. He examined her and he said, the problem is you're burning the candle at both ends. She said, I know that. What I need to know is where can I get some more wax? So you are to take care of yourself. Now, ladies, I know upon saying that, that you say, well, it's fine for you to stand up there and say that, but I just can't do it. I have so much other to do. I have so many responsibilities. I just don't have the time. That's the reason that the rest of the family is to help you. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse number 8, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You see, you have a responsibility to take care of yourself, your physical needs, but it is also our responsibility as members of the family that we help you that we encourage you to take the time, that we work to give you the time so that you can do the things that you need to do. So you're a physical being. You have physical needs. Then there are also intellectual needs. The Bible says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. Ladies, continue to learn. Continue to read. Continue to study. Continue. John Gardner said one of the reasons mature people stop learning is that they become less and less willing to risk failure. Make sure that you have the time to read, to study, that you can grow intellectually. But you also should develop a positive attitude. little boy came home with an unexpected gift for his mother. She got it and thanked him for it. She said, but what is this for? And he said, because you work so hard. Well, immediately she responded, well, your dad works hard too. And he said, yeah, but he doesn't complain about it. <laughs> we work hard, but make sure you develop a positive attitude. And then you need adult stimulation. I, my goodness, I know whenever you spend all your time with children and so forth, that you look forward to adult stimulation. The truth is, some of you haven't seen anything other than Veggie Tales and haven't read anything other than Charlotte's Web for over a year. You need adult stimulation. But then you're also a spiritual being, and you have to take care of your spiritual needs. So let me encourage you to not become stagnant spiritually. And ladies, I, I know that's a challenge because that's a challenge for a pastor. Now, you wouldn't think it is, but it is. You spend, you get in the habit of spending all your time reading for the congregation, studying for the needs of the congregation, praying for the congregation, and then you begin to neglect your own spiritual walk with God, and as a result of it, you become stagnant. Don't become spiritually stagnant. Someone said, a, a rut is just a grave with the ends kicked out of it. Make sure that you're growing spiritually. 
Don't get in the habit of, of depending on others for your spiritual growth, for your spiritual development. Occasionally someone will say to me, well, I'm, I'm going to leave the church. Why is that? Well, not being fed. When I'm not, you know, I, you know I'm gentle and kind and, and uh, have a soft way with words, and so I, I respond, well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. When I hear that, I'm thinking, you know, why don't you grow up and feed yourself? You know, if you were 40 years old at home and, and someone was still having to feed you, something's wrong. Well, it's no less true spiritually. Don't depend on someone else to meet all of your spiritual needs. The only thing I'm trying to do on Sunday morning is to show you that the Word of God is relevant to your life, and then I want you to go home and study the Word of God. I want to say to you that it is important to pray, and then I want you to go home and pray. But don't depend on someone else to meet all of your spiritual needs. Maintain a personal devotion with God. Learn to spend time with Him, reading His Word, praying, getting to know Him personally. Exercise the spiritual gifts that God has given to you. If you're a believer, then you have spiritual gifts God has placed within you. Use those spiritual gifts. Serve others. That's what this Shunammite woman did. She served Elisha and she was blessed as a result of it. Learn to give yourself away. The role of a woman. Take care of yourself. And secondly, there's a, your role as a, a wife. How's your husband? You have three basic roles as a wife. First of all, that of a helper. Genesis 2.18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now, you might think, Well, I don't want to be a helper. You know, that's not a very exciting thing. But the Hebrew word for helper here is to assist another to reach complete fulfillment. To complete. So when the Bible says that you are a helper to your husband, it means that you complete your husband. There was a couple out in the country getting married, standing before the preacher. And as he was going through the vows, he said, Now, Mary, do you take John for better or worse? And she said, I take him just as he is. Well, that's what you do. You take us just as we are, and then you complete us. You make something out of us. How? Through association, by spending time with each other. Rodney Dangerfield used to say, we sleep in, speaking of his wife, we sleep in separate bedrooms, we eat separately, we even take separate vacations. I'm doing everything I can to keep this marriage together. But, Spend time with your mates. Share your dreams and share your life. See, that's what was missing with Adam. He enjoyed all of the animals in the garden, but he wanted someone to share his life with. That's what you do as husband and wife. You share your life with each other. Share your dreams with each other. So there's association, but then there's affirmation. Association without affirmation is not necessarily a positive thing. And we are to affirm each other. Husbands are to affirm their wives. Billy Sunday said, try praising your wife even if at first it frightens her. Would it frighten your wife if you praised her? man was not getting along too well with his wife, and he noticed there was a fellow at work who just, he and his wife just seemed to be in love with each other. Everything was good. And... 
So he asked him one day, he said, you know, my wife and I are not getting along all that good. He said, you and your wife seem to have such a great relationship. How, how do you do it? He said, well, oftentimes, he said, I'll just pick up some flowers on the way home and I'll give her some flowers. Unexpectedly, no reason. He said, really? Yeah. So that evening he was coming home and stopped off, got some flowers, and walks in and his wife sees him standing there with the flowers. She just burst into tears. He said, what, what, what's, what's wrong? She said, this has been the worst day of my life. She said, I got up this morning and the, I was doing the laundry and the washing machine overflowed. It took me all morning to clean up the floor, the water off the floor. And she said, then I got a call from school. She said, Johnny had broken his arm. I had to go down and take him to the doctor. Sally came home and said she had torn her dress and I'm trying to get it ready. And said, and now you come home drunk. <laughs> Affirm her. When she's young, guys, when she's young and beautiful, she needs to know that you value her as a person, that she is worthy. When she's... When she's more mature and wiser... Barbara Walters said women don't get older, they get blonder. Well, when she gets blonder, she needs to know that you still think she's beautiful. Affirm her. Wives, you affirm your husbands as well. When they're young, you're just starting out, they need to think you believe they can, they can do something in life, that you believe in them. And when they're older... They need to believe that you think there's still some good left in them. Affirm each other. And then there's allegiance. There's association, affirmation, and allegiance. Simple commitment to each other. And I think that's the ingredient that's missing in most marriages today. There's a lack of commitment. You know, we get married. It doesn't work out. I don't like this person. We'll just do something else. You know, Linda said many times that I never... I never considered divorcing Wendell. I've considered killing him a lot of times, but that's commitment, you know, just staying with it. <laughs> so you're a helper, you're a homemaker. J.R. Bookoff said, It is the atmosphere created primarily by the mother that makes a home worthwhile. I really know, and every guy here knows, that it is the wife who turns a house into a home. You're the homemaker. You make it, you make it a a home. She's a lover. Paul said, encourage the young women to love their husbands. Billy Graham said, when your husband comes home in the evening, even though you have been working all day, I would suggest you run to meet him at the door with a kiss. Now, he might think he's at the wrong place, but just try it and see how it works out for you. So, your role as a wife, you're a helper, you complete your husband, you're a homemaker, you're a lover. And then your role as a mother is it well with the child. You teach your children what is truly important. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your might. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you rise up. 
You're to teach your children. Start young. I believe when our children go to school, they should go with the Word of God ingrained in their hearts already, with your values instilled in them already. The Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. Parents, don't, don't wait until they get older. I mean, you start as soon as they're born. As soon as you receive that child, you begin teaching that child the things of God. Train up a child. Share your experiences with them. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, 5, And you shall, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You know, parents, moms, your children need to see your commitment to God. And they need to see you in every circumstance. When the times are good, they need to see your relationship to the Lord. Let me tell you something. When times are tough, they're watching still. One of the things that has blessed me recently is I, and you, and many of you know, but there are a number of our people in the church who are going through some real difficult times. But boy, they're trusting the Lord. They're walking with the, and I think what a testimony they're giving to their children. That when it's not going so good that they're still walking with God, still believing in God, still trusting in God. And your children take note of that. You see, they need to see your experience, your walk with God, your commitment to God. Because that's going to mean more to them than anything I will ever say. Be diligent. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, And you shall teach them diligently to your sons. Let me say to you, protect your children. You prepare them, you protect them, you protect them. And one of the ways that you protect your children is being willing to say no to them. There are a lot of parents today who just never say no. They're scared they're going to hurt their self-esteem. I don't know what it is, but be willing to say no. If your child is about to do something that is not the best for that child, tell them no. And be persistent. Don't let them nag you out of it. Now, when I told my children no, I meant no. That's not true with my grandkids. <laughs> we went to the ball game the other night to watch Hank play and. Janie, my little granddaughter, was following me around. She was holding my hand all the time. She was following me. She's, I mean, she's such a charmer. But she's holding my hand. She says, Daddy, are you hungry? I said, no, not really. We walked a little ways, and I said, are you? She said, sort of. So I reached in my pocket and gave her a dollar, and I said, well, why don't you go over there and get you something? She hugged me, and she said, Daddy E, you are the best Daddy E in the world. Now, see, I don't have to be persistent. I don't have to tell them no. I'm a granddad. But as a parent, you do. When you see them making a wrong choice, a wrong decision, you have to tell them no. And then you teach them in the home. Deuteronomy 6 says, 7 says, Talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Let me tell you something. Linda taught our children more theology in the home than I ever did. They learn more theology from her than they have from me because of this verse of Scripture. He says, when you walk, teach them. Now listen, when you're taking your kids for a walk, teach them that He is the Creator. You look at the trees. God created that tree. You look at the flowers. God created those flowers. But as you're walking along, you're teaching them that God is the Creator, that He's the one who created this world. When you lie down, 
When the child lies down, then you teach them of God's protection because a child oftentimes is, is a little nervous when they're lying down and the lights go out. You teach them then that God protects them, that God is watching over them. So as they lie down, you teach them that God is the protector. When you rise up, then you teach them that God is the provider, that God is going to provide every need they have. So he says, teach them in the home. What a wonderful place to teach theology to your children. Teach them in the home. And the book of Proverbs tells us what to teach them. It tells us that we are to teach them obedience to the Lord. Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe His reproof. Teach your children to obey God. Are you doing that? Teach them to obey God. Teach them how to deal with and overcome temptation. Today's young people tragically are being told they're just a bunch of animals and so they can't over, they can't say no, they can't resist temptation. So we are dealing with the consequences of their actions rather than dealing with the temptation. That's a bunch of nonsense. Proverbs 3, uh, 4, 4, uh, 14 and 15 says, Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not pass by it. Turn away from it and pass on. Teach your children how to deal with temptation, that temptations will come. Every one of us is going to face temptations. Your children are going to face temptations. Teach them that actions have consequences. Tell them to protect their thought life. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. Teach them to read the Bible. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Your children are going to have to deal with temptation. And you have the opportunity to teach them how to handle it. Teach them about commitment, that they're committed to God. And the good times and the bads. And parents, mothers, listen. They will basically learn the truthfulness of that when they see you being faithful to God, especially during difficult times. Teach them what it means to be committed. Let me conclude. You are a woman. You have physical needs and you need to take care of those needs. Exercise. Eat right. Get rest. You have intellectual needs. Study. Think. You have spiritual needs. Don't depend on someone else to meet those needs. You're a woman. You were a woman before you were a wife or mother. But then you're a wife. You complete your husband. You're a helper. You're a homemaker. You're the heart of the home. You make a house a home. You're a lover. But then you're a mother. And as a mother, you're a teacher. You teach your children the things of God. I read a story I found interesting, and that is the sculptor who designed our Statue of Liberty. Did a lot of study, received a lot of advice. Other artists wrote to him and made recommendations and so forth as to what this present to the United States should be. He considered all of it, thought about it, but then he chose as his model his own mother. So the Statue of Liberty 
is the artist, the depiction of the artist's mother. Moms, you're a model. You're a model for your children. Your children are looking to you and largely will model after you. Make sure that you're right with God. Make sure that you have that walk with Him that is real. Our kids are not looking for us to be perfect. Don't worry about that. They already know. They're not looking for you to be perfect, but they want you to be real. Have a real relationship with Jesus that they can model after. Father, we thank you so much for these moms, for the children who are looking to them. I pray you'll bless them. Lord, I pray this will be a special day for them. And I pray, Lord, that they might follow after you, that when their children see them, they'll get a glimpse of Christ. I pray for any today who needs to make a commitment, and in doing so, providing examples for their children, for their family. I pray that you'll bless them in Christ's name. Amen. Just a moment, we'll stand, sing a hymn of invitation, opportunity for you to respond to the Lord. If you're here without Christ today, would you commit your life to Him? There'll be staff members down here to talk with you. If you're looking for a church home, our doors open to you. We'd love to have you. We would welcome you. Stand with me, please, as we stand together. The choir sings as they sing. You come, I'll greet you as you do.